Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. NFL season preseason starts officially tonight live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We are about halfway through getting there in August. Very exciting times. Maybe a third through. J-Max back next week. I'm holding up the fort with Ryan. So yesterday was very interesting. We had a first yesterday. Everybody remembers their first, if you know what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers had a first yesterday. It was the first time, as the Jets quarterback, he faced another team. It was one of those scrimmages against the Carolina Panthers, who have a pretty good front seven. Not great, but pretty good. And the offensive line for the Jets was a problem. Bryce Young was up and down the field. Aaron Rodgers, two-minute drill, three and out, and ugly. Not good. But, of course, this offensive line is being duct-taped. Billy Turner here, Max Williams there, Makai Becton's kind of a bust, Dwayne Brown is hurt. So Aaron can smile at the Tonys and on HBO and at the Knicks game, and it looked like fun. I was happy for him, but he'll get a little prickly when things start to emerge that he's not used to. The Green Bay Packers in 20 years, I do not ever recall them going into a season with a duct-taped offensive line. According to PFF, the last decade in Green Bay, Aaron's offensive lines None were below average. Many were top 10. The Jets is now ranked at 23rd going into the season. And they are piecemealing it up front on the edges. They don't have a tackle. So the Packers have their flaws. Those are well documented on this show. But in terms of drafting and stability and development and coaching and organizationally, Green Bay's 
excellent franchise, very much in the Patriots-Steelers realm. So essentially, Aaron Rodgers, because these are all companies, right? Aaron left a really well-run company for a poorly-run company, the Jets, that in the last decade has finished in last place seven times in a decade. Multiple quarterbacks, multiple coaches, multiple GMs, impulsive owners. So Aaron has graduated too. And this is why I keep mentioning his age yesterday, today, the day before. Aaron has graduated out of running. He no longer is going to buy you time. You have to give him time. And it's different. And it is my number one concern for the Jets this year. I've said it over and over ad nauseum. O-line. Older quarterback. No longer buying you a lot of time. He wants to get rid of that puppy and get out of there. So Aaron experienced what his predecessors did. Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Mike White. The Jets can't figure out up front on the offensive side. Now, there is talent in the building in New York. Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, the GM, Garrett Wilson, the receiver. Uh, Sauce Gardner's phenomenal. A lot of nice pieces. Brees Hall and Aaron Rodgers. But he is viewed as their savior because you know they've whiffed on their last two quarterback picks. Green Bay doesn't really whiff on quarterback picks. Jordan Love could be the first. I doubt he's a huge whiff. But if you just look at the quarterback position, last 15 years, Jets have had like 15 starting quarterbacks. Essentially, Green Bay had one and a handful of uh, guys that would fill in if Aaron went down with a couple collarbone injuries. But it was one quarterback basically for 15 years starting the game. So Aaron entered a building that at coach and quarterback, the two most important positions, has been swimming in chaos for 10 years. And these are all just companies. That's what they are. Green Bay is a well-run company, never in chaos, rarely, rarely in the news except for winning. And the Jets are almost always in the news for the wrong stuff. And what's really concerning about this, and that's why I do think Buffalo minus one and a half is one of my favorite bets in the first week, is when you look at the instability and Aaron lived through it yesterday at tackle where they couldn't protect against Carolina, the early schedule for the Jets is Buffalo, great pass rush, New England, Cowboys, Philadelphia, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, probably back by then at Denver. So the weakness is the strength of many of the teams early in that schedule. Aaron lived the real Jets quarterback life yesterday. Running, three and out, uncomfortable, not good on the edges. This franchise is a Dwayne Brown injury at left tackle from being a mess. And Aaron talked about the joint practice with Carolina, and if he's worried about the offensive line chemistry going forward. A lot of that uh, worry about guys playing next to each other, because when it comes down to it, the center's making calls, I'm making calls, they're making calls between each other. Um, it helps, you know, we had some great ones that played over the years in Green Bay next to each other for a long time, but that's the exception usually. Uh, usual for the NFL is there's going to be multiple starting offensive lineups throughout the year because of injuries or guys they think can play that aren't starting right away. So we'll figure it out. But he, but he acknowledged it. Aaron acknowledged it. Green Bay was the exception every year 
top offensive lines. How many times have we mentioned it on the show? So he went from a company with no chaos, although some was self-created, and excellent support and protection to a circus he now has to save. Yesterday was his first dose of reality, and it got uncomfortable, like it did for Darnold and Zach Wilson. All right, so the Cowboys camp's just up the road from here, about an hour and a half away. The story has been early, while the Cowboys look really good defensively, and, man, Dak's throwing a lot of picks again. Now, Mark Sanchez was on our show yesterday, and he said, I wouldn't get too worried about it. Listen, you don't want your quarterback throwing interceptions. However, I will say in training camp, especially the first week and a half-ish, the defense is so far ahead. Their calls are, you know, half the verbiage, if not less, maybe a quarter of the verbiage of the offense. And it's just go play, run, hit, and tackle. Now, we're not in the first week, though. We're now in the second week and the third week, and games start now tonight. So there's a clear correlation with Dak. This is not something we're going to argue over. It's just the facts. When you ask Dak Prescott the day he stepped into the league, the more you ask him to do, the more mistakes he makes. The best, most efficient year for Dak Prescott, believe it or not, was year one. Zeke was the best running back in the league. The offensive line was the best running offensive line in the league. And Dak was on the cheap. You could fill holes. He didn't cost anything. The Cowboys had the number two rush offense. And by year two, we knew the truth. Because Zeke in year two was suspended six games. And in those six games, Dak had five touchdown passes and seven picks and a 76 passer rating. Dak's only been to two Pro Bowls. And in both years he's been to a Pro Bowl, Zeke led the NFL in rushing attempts and rushing yards. Last year, Dak's numbers, 15 picks led the league and he missed four starts. And a passer rating of 91. That was worse than Daniel Jones. Why? Because Zeke was a shot fighter and the offensive line was in a rebuild. You needed more from Dak. So in this training camp, Zeke's not around. Brandon Cooks is new. Tony Pollard off a broken leg. O-line still in a bit of a rebuild. Zach Martin holding out. Dak once again heavy on the turnovers. There is a clear correlation. This is not arguable. His most efficient year was the year they needed him to do the least. So you keep telling me Dak's the front man of a great band, and every time he's out in front by himself, there's no hits, right? So Shady McCoy said the interceptions, no big deal, maybe. I think a, a veteran quarterback of his magnitude of, of America's team, the Cowboys, um, and I think a lot of people feel like Dak's a, a, a elite quarterback, franchise guy. So I think it is something. I mean, the good thing is that it's at camp and you try to get, work the kinks out, um, new offense, get the picks out now. But, I mean, I won't be super worried about it, but I think coming off a year he's had where he's been throwing picks, it may be something. Yes, last year. He led the league in picks with a number one receiver, with two running backs, Zeke and Tony Pollard, with an offensive coach, with a workable schedule. The NFC's never been weaker. 
and he led the NFL in picks and had a 91 passer rating. It is something. It's okay. Say this about kids all the time. Some kids in the family, you can pile stuff on. Some kids you can't. That's fine. But there is a clear correlation, and we saw the truth in year two. When Zeke was pulled out and suspended, Dak was bad. And so last year, Zeke's kind of a shot fighter, rebuild O-line. Gallup wasn't quite ready to play early. A lot of interceptions. I don't think it's everything, but I say often on the show, everything's something. Nothing is everything. But when the other two quarterbacks in the preseason that are throwing lots of picks are Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, there does seem to be kind of a pattern. Baker has led the league in picks since he entered it, the entire league, and Garoppolo has been known to uncork a few beauties as well. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. So interesting story this week and an odd story where Ron Rivera, the head coach of Washington, who is on the hot seat, they have front office sort of in flux, I would imagine, after the year. They have new ownership. Ron Rivera kind of stepped in it and came out and said, you know, Eric Bieniemy's intense coaching um, has, has been difficult for some of the players. He sort of created a controversy that didn't exist. And um, and Bieniemy had this reputation for years as the guy that couldn't get the job that he deserved. That's what the media kept saying. He deserves a great job. Why isn't he getting the job? Well, so it's interesting. In Kansas City, you have the greatest offensive coach since Bill Walsh and Andy Reid, and then you have the best quarterback talent maybe since Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, a great GM and a great owner. So they cover up a lot, and they do a lot. And I didn't know really what Eric Bieniemy did. I thought it was a fair question. It certainly wasn't unfair. What's he doing there? Mahomes, Andy Reid are running the show. And Andy Reid and Mahomes cover up any mistakes anybody would make. I mean, it's hard to blow a scene if you're working with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. They're going to make it look good. And so now Biennemi has an older defensive coach, a new ownership group, and Sam Howell at quarterback. So you can get exposed very, very quickly, and you just don't have the same support system. And the media kept clamoring, how come this guy's not getting the job? And I always thought the question was, okay, I get it. He's interviewing. He may not be a great interview. I've interviewed a lot of people. Some people aren't. They get nervous. They're anxious. It just doesn't work. And the second thing is, what did he do? What did he do? Doug Peterson is the offensive coach under Andy Reid that succeeded. Many have not. Many of the more successful coaches from Andy Reid are on the defensive side, not his side of the ball. So I've seen this my entire life in business where you, you know, this company of Fox, you have a great culture, you have a longstanding marketing tradition, it's well capitalized and people leave a company and they're going to go out on their own. It can be a talent or an executive. I'm going to find my way and they get exposed very quickly and often disappear. It happens all the time. That's why I say when Aaron goes from the Packers to the Jets, just be respectful of Green Bay. That is a really well-run Packer business. The Jets aren't. And when you go from the Hunt family, A+, Brett Veach GM, A+, 
Andy Reid, A++, Patrick Mahomes, A++++. You can hide some flaws. The creativity is pouring out of the building. So uh, Shady McCoy came on our show yesterday, and, and when he heard the story about Ron Rivera and the hard coaching, he used to be with Enemy in Kansas City, and he said he wasn't surprised. I was part of that um, Kansas City Chiefs championship team, and it was terrible. That, one of the first things I noticed is how he talks to the players. And if you notice, when the players speak of Eric Bieniemy, they say, he's a really, really good coach. You know, he's disciplined. He cares. He has your back. They don't say nothing about how he's teaching them, how he's making them better. I just think that when Rivera talked about the players that are coming up to talk to him, these ain't third-string guys. These ain't second-string guys. These are starters. Like, hey, coach, I'm all down for the tough coaching, but when you start ripping players and cussing them out and cursing them out, you're not going to get the best out of them. So uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld made a lot of people on that show look really, really funny. Few have starred after it. How many Belichick assistants and coordinators left and unraveled overnight? When I left a company years ago, ESPN, I had some offers to go places. One of the things that was attractive about Fox, they'd been a successful company, the Murdoch family, in a lot of different areas for years. Movie business, news business, local affiliate business, football business, animation business. Like, I wasn't going to go somewhere from my previous stop that was a wobbly franchise. It really matters. I'm not just talking for me, but for others. I don't know. I don't know if Eric Bieniemy's a star coach. I don't know. But there was this clamoring that he deserves it. And I, my question is always, it's like I said with Aaron Jets, does everybody understand how well run the Packers are? They may not get free agents. They all wear Dockers. They're not cool. But man, 20 years, I don't remember a bad old line. Favre, backups, Aaron always had protection. Oh, it didn't always have a superstar receiver, a star back, or a great rush end, or a great linebacker. But they always had protection and felt comfortable. Kansas City right now, it's A-plus all through the building. Even Steve Spagnola, he's an A, A-plus defensive coordinator. There's a lot of A-pluses. I don't know. I don't know what Bayanime is. Could it just be that... The building elevated him to a place now left out sort of on an island with a defensive coach. He's not what we thought. I don't have an answer, but I did think it was interesting that it's already emerged to be a problem with certain players, and Shady's comments yesterday doubled down on that. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. I always say this, um about sports, um, can you get comfortable with certain dark sides, inefficiencies, or realities with sports? Uh, I like UFC and NFL football. There's a regulated level of violence for both, and I'm comfortable with it. I've always been comfortable with my NBA stars taking political stands. I am comfortable with that. Same in track. Uh, In baseball, I'm not necessarily comfortable with the pace or the lack of urgency. I don't watch as much except in the postseason. The Pac-12 has disintegrated in the last week, and now Cal and Stanford, two marvelous universities, are looking for a home. Let's talk Stanford. Stanford is the harsh, truest reality of college sports. They're a world-class elite university academically. And they can't find a home. And they win at every sport. Everything. Except football. And they can't find a home. Nobody's interested. They are a top five university in America. A top five campus. Billionaires all over their Rolodex. Once again, for the 26th time this year, they won the Learfield Directors Cup, which includes all sports. They win more than any university but college football pays the bills. Win at that, and you'll have suitors. They don't enough. That's the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten. That's why they're both rolling. They're okay with being great at football. My entire life, and I'm a West Coast guy, my entire life I felt that Pac-12 presidents were a little uncomfortable with football being too powerful. We've got swimming team down the hall and volleyball, too. In the Big Ten, you do, but you realize where the bread is buttered and the revenue made. And Big Ten presidents certainly equals two Pac-12 presidents don't lose sleep on it. They're not idealistic in the Big Ten. They're realistic. Daddy pays all the bills. He's going to get what he wants. Go to Columbus, Madison, Ann Arbor. East Lansing, those stadiums are full. Those people are committed. Those donors write checks. Big Ten presidents, and by the way, the Big Ten is an equal to the Pac-12 academically. It is a wonderful academic uh, conference. Wisconsin's remarkable. Northwestern, Michigan, uh, Penn State. Now they've added USC, UCLA, and Washington. 
So don't give me this whole thing about, well, you know, the Big Ten cares a little, a little too much for football and not enough about academics. Academic powers throughout the Big Ten. I've always rooted for people who are authentic, who are passionate and unapologetic. And the Pac-12 always acted like they were a tad uncomfortable with football having too much power. Memo to school presidents with a functioning brain. Football, regardless of your academics and all your other teams, take care of the people who take care of you. Football pays for the entire wedding every Saturday. Don't be embarrassed. America loves it. Your, your students love it. The players love it. Your alumni loves it. Your donors love it. Stanford is literally great at everything. Except they're inconsistent and sometimes bad in football. And today they've got no suitors. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I saw three headlines today when I come in for my morning meeting. Uh, the team's got, you know, we have 10, 12 articles laid out. We pick about half of them to talk about. And there were three, and these were the headlines. Kenny Pickett will get preseason snaps, says Mike Tomlin. Justin Fields will start for the Bears in their preseason opener. And Jordan Love expected to play in some capacity as Green Bay opens up. So there's a lot more quarterback questions in this league, about a third of the league, uh, than I think a lot of people realize. We counted 10 this morning. Pittsburgh, New England, Chicago, Green Bay, Atlanta, Washington, Carolina, Indy, Texas, San Francisco. Um, I would call them franchises hoping they found the right guy. Now, I did not include Tampa because I do not believe they view Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield as the future. But I do believe the Niners with Brock Purdy, Chicago with Justin Fields, the Colts with Anthony Richardson, Washington with Sam Howell, Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love of Green Bay, Bryce Young, Carolina, Mac Jones, New England, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh, and C.J. Stroud. Those franchises are all in hoping they have found their franchise quarterback. So we know half aren't going to make it. And we know one or two are. So, and it's interesting. Uh, some, Justin Fields is the most athletic of all those quarterbacks, but he's got to figure out the pocket. Mac Jones may be the least at, at athletic, but he's pretty good in the pocket. There's questions about all of them. Uh, Bryce Young's a little small. Anthony Richardson's a little raw. Can C.J. Stroud overcome the Texans? 
Uh, there's questions all over the board. Sam Howell now, he's got a defensive coach on the hot seat. Uh, the enemy story, new ownership. I imagine in a year they'll change the front office. The two that I think will be successful, my money today would be Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett. And I think for obvious reasons. The other eight, it's a lot of finger crossing and hoping. But Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy have a couple of things in common. Both got a lot of college snaps. These guys started in college three or four years, have seen a lot of coverages and played against a lot of pros in college. Secondly, they join really good coaches and really good rosters, and that matters a lot. Stable ownership in San Francisco and Pittsburgh, more than capable draft and developing history. One's a great offensive coach, Kyle Shanahan. One's a top defensive coach, culture setter in Mike Tomlin. I think... Where you land for 90% of these quarterbacks determines if you succeed. It's really surprising. If you go back, you can go back 30 years probably, the league gives us about every four years a quarterback good enough to overcome nonsense. Andrew Luck, GM fired, coach fired, bad O-line got to the AFC Championship. 11 wins, 11 wins, 11 wins. Andrew Luck overcame all sorts of nonsense to be a winning quarterback. I think Caleb Williams has it at USC. Um, I think Joe Burrow is a great example of this. You can say uh, Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert didn't have a playoff win yet. And he's good. But Joe Burrow literally went to a coach with a bad record, a bad offensive line, a below-average suboptimal owner, a really tough division, a great conference, and got to a Super Bowl. Having to go on the road, the road, the road, the road. So like Joe Burrow, even Trevor Lawrence, as much as I like Trevor Lawrence, didn't have the right coach year one, disaster. So Joe Burrow is, is Andrew Luck, I could argue, are the two quarterbacks in the last decade literally talented enough to overcome nonsense. And I don't think any of these 10 are. I mean, Justin Fields is talented. He's 5-20, and 20. <laughs> all right? So, uh, so you're asking me. I think these are all sort of B-plus to B kind of quarterback prospects. Um, I'm going to say Brock Purdy is going to remain viable for the next several years. A lot of college starts, good coach, surrounded by a lot. And I think Kenny Pickett's going to win a lot of games. How many, I don't know. But uh, Pickett is a little bigger, I think, than Brock Purdy. I think he runs a little better than Brock Purdy. Both have a ton of college starts. So that's my guess. But I, I, I'm serious on this. It's, it's very unique when a quarterback is so gifted. I think Caleb Williams is probably only the third in the last 10 or so years or whenever Andrew Luck was drafted. That's good enough. He'll just win. He'll just win. Doesn't matter. Coach, O-line, roster, ownership. He'll just win. Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow. I think Caleb's the third. I'm not sure any of these 10 guys are that. I don't think so. We saw last year Mac Jones, coordinator issues, no number one receiver, didn't play as well. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, the newest voice on uh, Big Noon is Mark Ingram, three-time Pro Bowler, Heisman winner, Bama's first Heisman winner, 12 NFL seasons. You remember him with the Saints and the Ravens and a quick time with the Texans. It's an absolute pleasure. So let's let's start with Dion. We are seeing this in the NBA. A few years ago, I remember when Jason Kidd, may have been a decade ago, got a job right out of playing. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then Steve Nash, and you're seeing it in, in football. Some of these uh, uh, college guys, I, Eddie George is now coaching college football. Mm. So here's Dion. It, it's a, not a program with a lot of funds or a lot of talent. What should I expect, Mark Ingram, first year from Colorado? I think it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. I mean, he had the most turnover on the roster uh, this season out the transfer portal, but I think that's what you need coming into a new program. They had the worst record in the country last year, and you want to get guys in your program that want to be there. So one of the first things he did when he went in there, he told the team meeting, he was like, listen, you better jump in that portal because I'm bringing my <laughs> luggage. I'm bringing my luggage in this Louie. You know what I mean? So, like, if you don't want to be here, you got to go. I want guys who want to be here, who want to play for Colorado, who want to play for Coach Prime, and I think that's part of the coach shift you can have Shadur Sanders out there quarterback a lot of potential his son Travis Hunter wide receiver cornerback oh, he's so like those type of players create a, a culture and create a standard and so hopefully uh, with what Prime is teaching them what Shadur has to offer to the team what 
Travis Hunter's bring to the table. Hopefully those players follow suit. And uh, I think Coach Prime can get it turned around. It's going to take some time, but, yeah. yeah, I think he can do it. Well, the portal certainly helps. I mean, Brian Kelly, first year now at LSU, you're like, whoa. Right. It even took Nick Saban kind of year two, year three to get it going. So I, I, big noon kickoff, Mark Ingram, from those listening on radio. So let's talk about realignment. I think Colorado actually, there's an argument, fits the Big 12 better. Mm. Utah going now and joining the Big 12 with BYU, that's a good fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's some realignment people don't love. Your takeaway is you you love the sport of college football, but you get the business side of the sport. How do you view realignment? Huskies, Ducks just added to the Midwest Conference of Note Big Ten. I think the realignment could be good for fans. Like, I mean, now you got USC playing Michigan, uh, Penn State playing USC. Like, you got all these big games. You got Texas playing Alabama. So you have all these big games that people want to watch. I do. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, for tradition and history, um, you know, it could be a little whatever. But I think everyone's getting more marquee matchups from the realignment. Now, uh I mean, who doesn't want to go to the Big Ten where the schools are getting 80 to 100 million? So, that, you know what I mean? Who doesn't want to go to SEC where you're getting 70 million per school when they were only getting 30 million in the pack? You That's know what right. I mean? So, as a business, do you get mad at that, making that decision? But at the same time, it just shows you, like, kind of hypocritical because they didn't want players making their own money, you know, from NIL. You know right. what I mean? So, um, you're making all this money at the expense of the athletes that got to travel all these mileages. You know what I mean? So, First class. Yeah. So. We'll see, man. Uh, I think it's good for the game, but obviously, you know, you put some of the athletes that got to go from the West Coast now to the Midwest. Right. You know, especially like the non-football schools. I mean, the non-football sports. You know what I mean? So, I think it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's good. I think we get a lot more key matchups that everyone will enjoy to watch. Yeah. So, um, Jim Har. I think this is Jim Harbaugh's uh, best team. And I've always felt that there's three or four schools in America. Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, LSU, mm-hmm. they just get better players. Michigan gets really good players and occasional stars, but I kind of consider the Buckeyes, LSU, Bama, Georgia, it's just different. I would agree. Even Clemson, as good as they are, doesn't get that level. It's more a Michigan class. But I don't know. I start looking at the NFL draft next year. They're like 15 Michigan guys. Mm. Is this Michigan team, do you think they could go toe-to-toe with a Bama or Georgia? If they have any opportunity to do it, it's now. You have J.J. McCarthy coming back. Good. You have Blake Corm, Donovan Edwards, who I think is a super underrated running back. I think in Blake Corm's absence, he was averaging like 160 rush yards per game. He comes out the backfield, has smooth hands. Um, the defense was one of the top 10 defenses the last two years. So you have Harbaugh teaching these guys to play physical, playing smart, and um, you have just – a. Uh, half your starters coming back, over half your starters coming back. I think the time is now for Michigan. Yeah. You know, another thing, when you you were the first Heisman winner in Alabama history, and you were very good the year before. Like, you didn't just, you know. And I and I look at Caleb Williams. He plays quarterback. And like Bama, USC is a big, high-profile program. Mm-hmm. They were talking about you. I knew you were the topic. Yeah. And it was a lot of that because they never won a Heisman, I don't believe. You were the yep, first, right? First. So you were a topic. Like eight weeks of the year, it was like, this is the best Bama player. With Caleb Williams, L.A., quarterback, did it affect you? Did you hear it? Did you have to – what did Nick say to you as it became – the program became about Mark Ingram yeah. for about six to eight weeks. What's it like to live in that fishbowl? Well, I, I didn't have even a chance to really enjoy it. I remember leaving the – 
the hall in New York, Coach Saban's like ripping me like, you know, this is going to be change everything. This is going to be different. Like, you can't, you know, let your approach change. You can't let it change your preparation. <laughs> like, we still got to go to the national championship. Like, you can't let it affect you. It's going to be all these people reaching at you. So he was, like, already on me. Like, as soon as I left the Heisman ceremony, <laughs> like, he's already on me. So um, I didn't really have a chance to get comfortable but because he always was thinking about what was next. Okay, so you won the Heisman. What you going to do now? Now it's time to win the national championship. The Heisman hasn't won a national championship. So, you know, you need to be a Heisman. You need to be a national champion. And now after you win that champion, like, okay, you're coming back next year. What are we going to do next year? Right. Everyone's going to be shooting for you. So um, I think it's about the people around you keeping you motivated, keeping you humble. It's not about what you've done. It's about what you're going to do. And um, I still had to go back my junior year. I wanted to be great. I wanted to get drafted to the NFL. So you still have so much things to play for, so much things to work for. Uh, you want to bring a championship to your team. So I think Caleb Williams um, has that mindset. He brought his lineman to the Heisman ceremony. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about the type of person he is. Um, giving credit to those big guys. And um, I think he's humble. I think he's gifted. I think he's athletic. He gives all the tools to be able to be special and have the opportunity to uh, win win again. Yeah. But um, it's a lot. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to go back out there and win it again. Yeah. You got everyone shooting for you. There's going to be other players that uh, step up and have great seasons for their team. So uh, we'll see. I'm eager to see about how he goes in the second season, but I think he'll handle it just fine. Yeah, a smart kid, good dad. He's yep. focused. All right, let's do some NFL stuff. So you had Sean Payton as a coach. Sean won with Taysom Hill, who's a runner more than a thrower. He won with Drew Brees, who's a thrower more than a runner. He won with smaller Teddy Bridgewater and bigger athletic Jameis Winston. The dude wins with every quarterback. So now it's Russell Wilson, who's a star, who's aging, who likes to throw the deep ball, moves around, sometimes maybe too much for Sean's taste. So give me your sense on, at this camp, what do you think the messaging for Sean is with that offense and Russell Wilson? I think the main thing is they need to get back to what makes Russell well. So Sean has his offense. Sean has what he's going to do, and he's going to implement that to Russell. But he's also going to think he's going to do some things that Russell was really good at when we saw him in Seattle. What's that? you got to be able to run the football. you got to be able to run the football. Play action, yep, Russ is better. Yep, and you, have, you, you play action him, and then he could take his shots downfield. And then what else did he do? Off-schedule plays, um, breaking the tackle, sl- slithering out the pocket, finding somebody downfield, extending plays with his legs. So you need to just get back to a simple offense that Russell can thrive in, running the football, Marshawn Lynch. You remember those days? Yes. Yeah, tough defense, which they have in, in Denver. So I think he's settled for success, but um, it's going to be – you got to get Russ comfortable. you got to get Russ going. And um, he's going to implement some of the things that Russ is good with, the the, uh, the play action, the off-schedule plays, moving them around. He's going to implement that within the current system that he has been running with Drew Brees. With, uh, Taysom Hill? Yeah, with Taysom Hill, with, with Jameis. You know, so he can navigate the offense and tailor it to your skill set. And yeah. I think that's what Sean's going to do in this training camp. Yeah, that's what Andy Rizzo has done. He finds your talent, Michael Vick, Mahomes, Alex Smith, and moves into it. So you played with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's interesting. So I didn't know if he was going to work in the NFL. He was so insanely fast in college. I'm like, is the ACC bad or is he the world's <laughs> fastest human? And I just didn't know. He was the end of the first round. A lot of people pass on him. Then he comes in. And he's kind of more of a runner than a thrower. But by the second year, I'm like, he can throw. He's mm-hmm, fine. It's mm-hmm. not pretty. But Phillip Rivers wasn't pretty. It was a different throwing. So you're with him. And so they bring in a new offensive coordinator. And I still believe... First impressions matter. And our first impression for a lot of people of Lamar is runner. Mm-hmm. And my argument is, 
I think he throws it way better than you people think. First of all, out, outside of and the tight end. Receiving core has been... Uh, uh. And it's been and it's been run centered. So uh, what do you make now? The word is they bring in Odell Beckham. If he's healthy, he's good. Zay Flowers, uh, the kid they draft. Did you think when you were there, did you trust Lamar as a thrower? I was super surprised because you hear all these, you hear all these stories and rumors that how he can't throw right. And so I'm coming from New Orleans, eight years with Drew Brees. I've seen him make every throw, uh, you know, and. I go to Lamar now, and we're in um, offseason. We're doing OTAs and stuff. I'm seeing him make every throw, the deep outs, the deep ball, crossing routes, cover two turkey hole. I'm, like, seeing him make every throw. <laughs> I'm, like, what are these people talking about? This right. dude can. This dude has talented arm as anybody. Yeah. Now, sometimes, yeah, every quarter. Yeah, sometimes he changes his arm angles. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he can get the ball. He can navigate. But he's a special thrower. And now he's an elite ball carrier. So when he starts running the ball, he's not just a quarterback that can run. He is an elite ball ball carrier, a Tyreek Hill, a returner, a Debo Samuel. Like yeah. He's a electric, physical, and he can run, but he is also special with his arm. He what's, can throw the ball. What's he like as a guy? What, one of the things I like about him, every time he comes back every offseason, his traps are bigger, so he puts <laughs> in the time. Jalen Hurts does this. And the other thing I like about him, he gets pissed when he struggles. Mm -hmm. Like I, He wants to win. Like He gets mad yeah. at Lamar. What is he like as a guy? He's one of those guys, man. That's why you can't say nothing bad about Lamar Jackson to nobody in that Baltimore Ravens locker room. They will be at you for that. They will fight you for that because he's one of those guys. They will go to war for him, and they want to fight for him because they want to support him. They want to see him do well because he's a hard worker. He's special. He's talented, and he's just one of the guys, man. He's one of the guys. He kicks it. He hangs out. Like He's just he's Lamar. He's humble. He's a hard worker. And you got to respect his story, man. So Lamar is one of those guys, and you can't go around any Baltimore Ravens player or any player who has played with Lamar Jackson and say anything bad about Lamar. Yeah, they love him. Yep, because he's that guy. He's that guy. Okay, so the um, Travis ATN played at Clemson, and now he's with Jacksonville, and he had a very interesting quote for a young guy. He had great perspective about two weeks ago. I think I was off or something. I saw it on TV, and he said, man, you got you to gotta diversify. Mm -hmm. He said, if you think you're going to be a downhill runner, those days are over. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's really good perspective. It's not that people are anti-running back, but you got to block. You got to catch. That's why McCaffrey's still getting the bag. Mm -hmm. So you look at it. You could do all that. Are you? How do you view the current running back space and the belief that nobody wants to pay him? Yeah. You do have to diversify your game. You have to be able to do everything. But at the same time, we have a, a player like Austin Eckler who probably had the second amount, of, the second most catches on his team, getting paid less than the number two, number three receiver. So what are we doing? Like what? The production hurts the running back. Running back runs for 2,000 yards. They're like, uh, he's not going to do it again. He's worn down. You, a receiver catches for 2,000. They're like, yo, let's pay him. You know, <laughs> somebody gets 20 sacks. They're like, oh, let's pay him. But you, you get 250 carries and 100 catches, 350 touches. They're like, uh, uh, I think he's worn down. I don't know how much longer he can last. So it just sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. Every other position, the franchise tag has went up since 2015. The running back position is the only one down since 2015. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. The running back position is, has been down since 2015. So uh, it sucks what they're doing to the, to the running back market, but... I mean, what can we do? Like, you're in the CBA, uh, the GMs, the the owners, like, they're, they're only paying a certain amount to the running back. So it sucks, man, especially when you got um, guys like Josh Jacobs who just led the league in rushing or Saquon Barkley. Now he's only on a one-year deal. You know, you get hurt, 
now they want you for league minimum. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you need to take care of these star players. I mean, Daniel Jones is whatever got ninety million. Like why 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 you can't take care of your guy who's been you know the offense be, been the offense? You don't want to take care of him. You know what I mean? Um, it's just highly unfortunate and. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for my running back brothers all around the league, man, because they got to get the money. You got to have the leverage. You got to be doing everything the right way. You got to go to a system that likes you, a system that likes you, a coach that likes you, and everything has to go right for you in order for you to get paid. So it's just uh, it sucks. Four. I'm I'm going to mention four coaches and just give me a sentence on when I when I give you their name, like what's their secret sauce, like what's their thing. <laughs> so let me give you. Let's start with Sean Payton. He's a player's coach. He he kind of has a great temperature for the team and how to either motivate the team, recover the team. He just has a great gauge for the team and how to motivate them. Okay. Nick Saban. Perfectionist. Yeah. And if you're not doing what it takes to be perfect on a <laughs> daily basis, both on the field and off the field, he's going to have a problem with you. Did they ever yell at you? <laughs> Yeah, he did. You were one of his best players. Yeah. He yelled at you. Yeah, he yelled like mad because I'm running too hard. Like I'm at like, you, yeah, I'm like, you guys are teeing off on us. You don't tell them to chill when they hit us. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You mad at me because I'm running hard? Like, no, but you know, um, yeah, he'll he'll get on you, but it's all for the best. He wants you to be the best person uh, in life and the best player on the field. So he's gonna push you for that perfection. This will be interesting to me. I don't know him personally, but I know uh, his brother, John Harbaugh. He's tough. Tough. You know, you could tell um, he comes from a coaching family. And, uh, you know, your coach's personality kind of resonates with your team. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like, was a special teams coach. He tough. You know what I mean? So, Ravens, tough. Defense, tough football. Tough running the game. Tough quarterback. No, Mike Tomlin. The Ravens. Mike Tomlin. Tough dude. Yeah. So, like, are I mean, you asking me? Or? No, I'm saying Harbaugh. John Harbaugh reminds me of Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, it's the AFC North, man. The AFC North is different. It's tough. It's physical. It's you knew, real you, true you, football. You knew it when you were there. You could feel. You could sense. You it. could feel it when you don't play in the AFC North because when you play the AFC North, you have to play the like when you play the AFC North, you go to these teams. Two of them come to you, but you have to go to either Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Cincinnati or Cleveland. It's just tough, man. It's physical, and they. It's just it's it's real football. It's real football in the AFC North. Isn't that funny. And <laughs> yeah. finally, I don't know about him. He's giant. Dan Campbell. Man, you just got to love that dude. You love that dude, man. You love that dude. He was with me in New Orleans, and, uh, man, when he gets up there, he just commands the room. Like, you respect him because he's done it. You respect him because he respects you, and you know he's going to do whatever it takes to put you in the best position to have success. So, man, you just love that dude. You love Dan Campbell. He's one of them guys you love to be around. You want to go have a beer with him. You want to hang with him, but you want to run through a wall for him, too, because you want him to do well. We want to have success for him. So, you know, I think about this. I was told this years ago by an executive in the NFL. He said, if you're the Saints or Miami, you have to draft more mature players because they're party towns. They're mm. port towns, <laughs> right? Yeah. So Miami Dolphins, New Orleans, those are. Miami's a lot more active than New Orleans is, but. You, so you yeah. can get in trouble in New Orleans. New Orleans, you you have to do a lot to get in trouble in New Orleans. Really? Yeah, they take yeah they take care of the Saints out there, man. Okay, they do. So they they, they take care of the Saints out there. Even if you did something a little sideways, nobody's saying anything. They gonna try to take care of you. If you did something crazy sideways, like it's nothing they could do. But like if you just 
You had too many beers. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Miami. Now, you didn't play there, but yeah. you live around yeah. there. Yeah, South Florida's a different monster, man. South Florida's so a different monster. So you know monster. guys that have played there? Yeah. I mean, Toronto Armstead is one of my are, good friends. He's what, down there. They're starting left tackle. What do they say? Um, I mean... <laughs> If you want to, in Miami, there's something to do every night of the week. If you want to go out Monday, you can. If you want to go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's some function going on every night of the week. So you have to be able to have self-control. You have to be able to be disciplined. And you have to be able to know there's a time and a place for everything because it's available to you, whatever you want. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. It's available to you. Yep. What a pleasure. Mark Ingram, Fox Sports College football analyst. Welcome to the family. Hey, I'm a pleasure to be a part of the family. Shout out to Big New Kickoff. Make sure y'all tune in. Check us out every Saturday. Ah, that's great. Yes, sir. Way to go. You crushed. Thank you. I appreciate you. Mark Ingram. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.